We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. Every now and then, we get to think about something that we really should be doing, but we just don't want to be doing it. We'd rather be doing anything else. It's funny because there's a saying with public speaking, people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. And sometimes when it comes to doing something in our life or in our business, we feel the exact same way. We just don't want to do it. We will put it off as long as possible. Kind of like going to the dentist. And by the way, for any of you dental practitioners out there, please do not take this to mean we don't like you. Growing up, I wanted to be a dentist until I reached high school math and science. Different story, but I'm still very close with a lot of dentists, and I think it's important. We all have to pay attention to that, but anyway, we're really going down a rabbit hole, and I didn't even bring Daniel in yet to uh, pull us out of it. So before I bring Daniel and Patricia in, though, there's a few things that we need to keep in mind when we look at procrastination and not doing the things that we know that we really need to be doing. And I'm just going to, as a resource first, Brian Tracy has a book, Eat That Frog, which is really do the thing that you don't wanna do the most, the very first thing of the day. So that way the rest of the day is that much better because if you ate the frog in the morning, trust me, I don't think there's a whole lot more that you're not gonna wanna do the rest of the day. And by the way, if you like frog, think about eating something else. Just putting that out there. Daniel, Patricia, welcome to the show. You need us to save you. (laughs) I had a really awkward segue there, kind of like Seth Meyers with his um, awkward segues as well. But again, different stories. Seth, by the way, if you are listening, love you. And I'm happy to come on your show too. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a fun topic when we're talking about actively avoiding doing something so purposely going out of your way finding other things to do to fill your time uh, rather than doing the thing that you know that you should be doing and I must confess I have been guilty of this a time or two myself Um, is it a time or two or is that just a way of saying you know it's happened a little more than once Oh, maybe a, a time or two counting fingers and toes. Sure. And, and that might just be, that might just be within one month. <laughs> yes. And I think that all of us can certainly relate. Um, Patricia, when it comes to what we're doing and why we're avoiding it, you have any thoughts in terms of why we will push things off just to not do it? I do, I do. Um, 
It actually has to do with how your brain was programmed, especially as you were a little kid and growing up. Um, if we go to Carol Dweck, I believe her name is, I can get the name of her book, but she did a bunch of research on the two primary and two primary different mindsets one of which ends up the person is a perfectionist and therefore ends up being stuck and unable to do things. And the other one is that they are, well, obviously not a perfectionist. Um, they have more of a growth mindset. And this has to do with really how, how your parents treated you as a kid, how they um, encouraged you to do things. If they said, oh, you are so talented, <laughs> go do that. Then you felt you had to be good and you couldn't you know, show your work until it was absolutely perfect. If on the other hand, they said, oh, wow, you really tried hard. Have you tried this you know, or something else? Um, then you end up having a more open mindset and being willing to take risks and looking less than absolutely perfect. <laughs> well, I, I just looked that up to uh, to help you out there a little bit, Patricia. The name of the book is Mindset. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish, I mean, it's a fabulous book. I wish that there was a book of exercises, a book of, you know, a workbook, something that a person could, you know, put themselves through as an adult to fix this mindset that we ended up stuck in. I think that's the next part. Carol, if you're listening, on, please don't fix that. Collaborate on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself often, <laughs> it feels like I'm waiting for permission. I have to get permission to do this. I have to get permission to do that. Even though it's something that I said, hey, I'm going to go do this. It, especially if it's a collaborative thing. I, Is this a mother like, may I kind of thing? Kind of. Yeah. And I know where it came from because I, I have more mothers than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are passed on at this point. But yeah, I, I had more parents than anybody else. <laughs> okay i know for myself sometimes that uh that aversion that i have to uh doing anything other than what i should be doing is sometimes uh, a misunderstanding of what's important right now yeah. i know that as i was starting my business uh, and this is a trap that i fall into a lot anyway that i'm prone to i thought i had to know more before I could do anything. And the older I'm getting, the more I'm learning. Sometimes you just have to do it and you learn as you go. Yeah. It, it, you waste so much time. I waste so much time reading books, taking courses, and uh, life would be a lot different if I had just done the thing instead of thinking that I needed to study. Um, now I've reached a point uh, on, on certain things where 
I actually kind of feel overqualified. I spent way too much time studying and I <laughs> don't need to know some of the things that I know now. <laughs> right. <laughs> they I, I are mean, not useful. <laughs> absolutely. And what you said reminds me of Zig Ziglar's, uh, the famous Zig Ziglar's quote, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to start to be great. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole thing when we're looking at not doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing. I mean, um, Patricia, I know I didn't ask you specifically if you've got any of those that you didn't do when you know that you should have been doing it, because <laughs> I'm sure the answer is heck yes. Heck yes. Um, yes. Um, I am right there too. I mean, there's certain things, look, and part of it is also, Dana, you mentioned priorities. You don't know what's really important at the moment to be doing. But sometimes it's also, we have an internal fear. Like what happens if, right? What happens if I finish the book and nobody's going to buy it? What happens if I finish the book? Nobody's going to even want to read it. Forget not wanting to buy it. Um, what happens if I put my baby out there, whatever that baby is, and people are going to laugh at it. They're going to think it's terrible. They're going to, whatever it is, the what if, what if, what if. And so we get stuck in that cycle of what if, and it's a seemingly never ending cycle because we're always dealing with the internal fights of what we're dealing with. But then we also need to be looking at it from a different perspective. And that is what if what we are trying to put out there is going to turn someone's life around and make it better for them? instead of not, what would that mean if we held it in instead of allowing ourselves to really say, you know what, it's going to make a lot more sense for us to put it out into the universe and let the people who need it get it. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the ways when we look at addressing something that we're avoiding, trying to really get to the idea like, well, why are we avoiding it? And is it again, like fear, false evidence appearing real, is it simply false evidence that is telling us they're not going to want it? Or is it some other reason? And so if we can knock that piece out, there's so much more that we can do. And Patricia, I know as <laughs> an aside, you and I recently on my other podcast, Mojo, The Meaning of Life and Business, we definitely had a little bit of this conversation on fear and stopping us from things. And we kind of went into some of the pieces there, but there's a lot here for us to really be breaking down and kind of get there. Wouldn't you both agree on that? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is, I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. And for me, it's a left brain approach to a right brain problem. Mine I know is, is, is mental and emotional and I've got programming in there that says we are never ever going to get in whatever situation again right and so I end up attempting to do things and getting stymied because I run up against that oh there, there's that situation you said you were never going to get in that situation again okay we're just going to pull the plug on it and it's not an intentional thing it's not a, co a conscious thing it's just your, your, your psyche says, hey, we have this rule. We're never getting in that situation again. And you're getting in that situation again. So there we go. 
And so that becomes a neural pathway issue. Does. Because if you can rewire the brain and you can make the brain think differently, like you said, left brain um, issue for a right brain problem or however you put it. Right brain, uh, a left brain solution for a right brain problem. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, and I know that I've shared this with the two of you. I just don't remember if we shared it on a show or if it was just privately with the two of you, but that's why I believe in, and I start all of my clients this way, is having everyone close their eyes, imagining they're 90 years old or whatever advanced age that would be, and having them starting to envision what their life was because when the subconscious mind sees what it sees, it can't tell the difference between what it sees and reality. And the more that that gets cemented by redoing that thought process, the more you change the neural pathway from being a left brain solution to a right brain problem to being the brain as a whole is functioning as a whole, moving you, if you zig, it's gonna zag, when you end up in that particular situation. But again, we come down to similar kinds of things. Like we don't want to do this. And I had an issue just the other day, I was presented with a speaking opportunity and I needed to come up with a proposal to send. And I was trying to figure out how much am I going to be asking for? Because there was a budget for the presentation I didn't want to go for the max because I knew that I wanted to be competitive, but I didn't want to go for the lowest either because I still have to cover my time. And so it took me a day to actually respond to that particular request just to do that. So there was a little bit of hesitancy, like I could have just acted on it right away and I filled out numbers immediately, but it wasn't until the next day that I went in and I actually hit the submit button. So there was that avoiding something, but there was a reason on the back end also for avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Another one of my friends, he'll write, if he gets angry, he'll write an angry email. And then he won't send it immediately though. He'll let it sit overnight. And then if he still still feels the same way tomorrow, then he'll send the email. If not, he'll change it, how it actually comes out. And it's just because of that, idea can you actually get past certain things mm-hmm. yeah. i think another reason that uh, sometimes we avoid doing the things we know we should do is because we don't like to do some of those things i don't like to put dishes in the dishwasher <laughs> as an example <laughs> so hey my dishes sit in the sink until <laughs> night when i finally wash it so yeah i'm right there with you yeah, I, I can find all kinds of things to do in the kitchen except load the dishwasher. Uh, there's there's always something to do in the kitchen except load. I wish I had a dishwasher that I can use. I mean, I there wish is I a had dishwasher a dishwasher that, kitchen, that I, I didn't can't use. use it. No. <laughs> no, it's a kosher issue, all of that, but different story. But yes, right, I right. wish I could use it. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think that happens in business too. I think there are some things that have to be done. We know they should be done. We don't like to do them, 
And so we find ways to actively avoid doing them sometimes. And we've had other podcasts where we've talked about delegating some of those things you don't like to do. So check out some of our other episodes where we talk about that. Absolutely. And thank you for um, that additional plug. (laughs) So if we're looking at how we need to be paying attention to those cues, Patricia, you mentioned before that say, this is a situation that we're not going to be able to get into because we already have that rule. Has there been anything that allows you to start to short circuit that negativity? Um, my husband has been helping me with certain energy work, personal development stuff. And that seems to be helping after we do a session, I often find myself just, just leaping ahead, you know, doing things that I wouldn't have done before that I didn't do before. Um, he uses it, it, it's a mix of things we use the spinning stuff from nlp we use the release technique we use some other things that are along those lines um and what it does <clears throat> is it it allows you to express the thing and kind of get to the bottom of it it allows you to release it and it allows you to actually reprogram your neurology with all of the pieces that we're using. And, and, and that really has helped a lot. The other thing that I have tried to do is actually set up rules for myself, standard operating procedures, if you will, as in, I will not volunteer my services. <laughs> no more, oh, I can do that. Well, let me ask you that, because I I know that we've recorded an episode just on saying no as well. (laughs) And I know I use the word just here anyway, but that's a whole other story. But if we look at that, jumping in and saying, yes, I can do that. Is that something that would be terrible, though, in a certain regard? In some regards, I know we spoke not a lot about it, like I said, on the saying no episode, but yes. yeah, yeah. Many regards, it's not terrible because it allows me to sit down and do some of the things that I actually am good at. So for example, you know, writing an email sequence for a certain thing, you know, and it was, it was actually a lot of fun when I finally did sit down and do it. Um, but I still shouldn't have volunteered it. And it was funny because I I went into that meeting even before the meeting, knowing what we were going to talk about at that meeting and knowing that I was going to end up volunteering this, (laughs) knowing I wouldn't get paid what it was worth, knowing that it was going to take a lot more work than I imagined, knowing that it wasn't going to be appreciated for its value all of those things. And yet I still did it. Yeah. Yes. So Daniel, if we're looking at how we can really just get moving 
on those things that we just don't want to be doing. Again, I know I use the word just. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are trying to get past that point, any particular tips that you've got to help us get that moving? Some of the things that uh, that work for me, um, it's typical things I think most people know about. It's it's time blocking and forcing myself to do the thing. I set the time aside. Uh, I've, I've carved it out of my calendar, so therefore I should do it. Uh, it's it's looking at the value of the activity. Um, that's another thing. Um, prospecting is not a favorite activity of mine, um, but it's definitely a money generating activity. And without prospecting, I have no business. Um, so therefore prospecting must be done. Uh, and once I get started, it's no big deal when, anyway. So <laughs> I, I just need to do it. Um, but attaching a value to the activity, uh, such as prospecting, um, you were talking about the playing the what if game earlier, Jennifer, um, you know, we, we have those thoughts in our mind, what if, and we kind of go down a negative trail with those what ifs. Uh, I, that is helpful. I, I've heard other motivational speakers talk about that as well, uh, converting that what if game to a positive instead and asking yourself, what if positive things happen if I do this? Uh, and another thing that I do, um, and again, this is sometimes my my personality direction. Sometimes I have to ask myself, worst case scenario, what's going to happen? You know, if I do pick up the phone and make this phone call, am I really going to die? Is it really going (laughs) to be physically painful? No, then, okay, what's the big deal? Just do it. Exactly. You know, that's the whole thing that everyone fears in sales is saying no and, or the prospects saying no. And, you know, like you said, is it going to kill you or is it going to hurt you if somebody says no? And, Part of it is also we have have to simply understand that if somebody's saying no, it doesn't mean that they're saying no to us. It means they're saying, no, it's not the right time. It's not the right, you know, I don't have the money for it, whatever it may be. um, That's making it say no, but it's not you that they're saying no to. And even if they are saying no to you, it doesn't mean that you're not good and worthy and all of that to be doing it for someone else as well. So again, it's just um, a way for us to look at it. And perfect example, I was having a conversation yesterday with a new um, person that was introduced to me and we got into speaking and he asked me, what kinds of people do you work well with? And I said, I even work well with other coaches because not everyone is going to have a personality that's going to mesh with the person that they're speaking with. Yeah. And so even if we are focused on the exact same type of client, same industry, same everything, at the end of the day, your personality, my personality may be very different. I know very often I've run into situations where people don't mesh with other people. And I know people that I've recommended to certain people. I won't recommend them to other people just because I already know. And again, I know the word just, but Um, And by the way, if you're curious about that, maybe we'll actually cover an episode on the word just and able and things along those lines. 
maybe we should add that to the list. Uh, but as we look at though, getting that done, I mean, it's really, how are we going to simply get that moving forward and the personalities and all of that meshing and everything, there's a lot there, but again, that's how we can work with it. Um, anything else though, that you would have to add as we wrap up our episode on just getting it done? For me, that's really what it comes down to. Um, the, the time blocking is what seems to help me the most, uh, but then I do still have to talk myself through uh, different things like uh, Patricia was mentioning earlier and uh, and like we've talked about with the the different what if games and worst case scenario kind of games, those things like that. But for me, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for me, some of it is really literally just discipline, you know, just go do the stupid thing, you know, and other times it's it goes way deeper than the discipline the, the the left brain can ever reach. So it's it's got to be a two prong approach, if it's really that significant, especially if you, if you see yourself doing you know the same kind of pattern. You start a project and you're all gung ho and it's this big beautiful great thing and then eventually you 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 grind down to a halt. What's going on? And. I, I've had multiple coaches say, well, what's the problem? How the hell should I know? This is my problem. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. If I knew what it was, I could fix it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I just have to say, now I have great, big, beautiful tomorrow stuck in my head. Just because you started saying something and you know how my brain works. It just immediately hits that. And um, yes, great, big, beautiful tomorrow. That's exactly the idea here, though. We can have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow if we focus on getting those things done that we keep pushing off. Very often, like we said over the last uh, few moments on this episode, we are trying to figure out how can we do things? How can we make it stand out better for us? How can we be making a difference? How can we get it done um, to simply move on? And it starts with doing something. Wayne Gretzky said, you miss all the shots you don't take, right? You're going to miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Start doing something, start getting somewhere. As we said before, and we'll repeat it again, as Zig Ziglar said, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. Do something, get it done, get it off your incomplete list and move on. On that note, this has been another episode of it's the bottom line that matters podcast. And until next time, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.